You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue our coverage of Australian Survivor Season 4 with another bonus roundtable episode. We are really into the point in this season. Only five episodes remain before we know who will be crowned the sole survivor of Australian Survivor 2017. And as we have done the last few weeks, a little bonus one, as I just mentioned, in terms of a roundtable conversation. We've done it with a bunch of other podcasts. We've done it with some former Auslets. And we're going to do it with some more former Auslets for those who have tuned in since the Survivor Oz days. Of course, Auslets were our little helpers that came on and discussed the show with us. And I basically made them my uh, slaves. I chained them to a table and made them write articles because (laughs) I was lazy, apparently. Uh, One of these gentlemen... And according to... um Sorry, I just wanted to say, according to previously on Survivor, we were very mistreated you were, for a little while. Because I'm an asshole. So um, <laughs> that's clearly, we'll, we'll establish that, of course, throughout this episode. That's Julian. I know. The, I know. <laughs> that's Cable. <laughs> I'll introduce them first before they speak, but you can talk anyway. It's fine. This is a, this is a new show. I'm not an asshole anymore. It's free love on the Oz Network. Talk, guys. Go. Oh, Hello. Sorry, sex, sex Dungeon doesn't go go well anymore at Hobart. Or hey, you liked our Sex Dungeon. Like, you enjoyed that. <laughs> it was my dream to visit you and Noah in there. Totally. <laughs> That's why Noah hasn't been on since he's been back because he's he's resetting it up. He wants it to be perfect. The... Uh, he, he, well, you mean he bro- he broke the shackles? <laughs> yeah. you mean? And he, he brought back some uh, new ones from Europe. He, uh, different sex dungeons over there in Europe. So um, you know, oh, East European, they're they're um, wild over there. So he's probably learning. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're here to talk about Australian Survivor. It's Julian and Cable. Uh, Julian, you obviously were on our show the very first episode. Were you not the first week with Linda? Was that how long ago that yes, was? Yes, we'd seen the first three episodes. It doesn't seem long ago, but it's it's crazy um, how many bloody episodes we've had since then. But yes, it was. Um, we've come a long way. You have. And, and Cable, God, I, I wouldn't even be able to hedge a bet the last time I had you on an episode on Survivor. I, was, I mean, I'm guessing you were on something during Co Wrong when I kind of took a bit of a break. But um, yeah, I could not even remember yeah, the last I, time you and I were on an episode together. It's been that long. Yeah, it'd been be a long time. I think the last one I might have been on was with Nick Chester. Ah, uh, not hosting potentially. Nick, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I was exp- I was really hoping you would say former Oslet, and I could say two time former Oslet. <laughs> yes, you were the only returning Oslet. <laughs> <laughs> You left and you came back. Um, so, oh uh, yeah, two-time former Oslet, uh, Cable Brandon is here on the show. Um, but guys, I mean, I'll start with you, Cable, because obviously we heard a little bit from you, Julian, earlier in the season, but clearly the season has developed since the last time we had on. But uh, just just general thoughts. What, what are you thinking of this season so far, Cable, uh, as we really do get to the end of uh, season four? Um, I, I'm kind of still a little bit on the fence. I mean, there's parts I've really enjoyed. Um, some really good characters they've picked this year or cast this year. Um, but I just, some of the twists aggravate me. Um, I'm still not a big fan of 55 days and 26 episodes. I understand the logistics and the financials behind that decision. But, um, yeah, I, I've got this very love-hate relationship with this series still. Um, and after, obviously, the, the episode just gone, uh, Luke going, it kind of was the first time I'm like, I really don't care anymore Wow! about a season. Like, yeah, I just I just feel like too many of the, the characters I really like that we saw a lot of and are playing the game, I feel like a lot of them are just gone now. And I don't know, I'm just not really high on anyone really left too much that it's, yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. I was. I was going to say. I was just going to add. You go, Julian, but because I did say before that we had oh, this okay. new format, and I basically broke it. I was going <laughs> to reply to something that the cable said, but by all means, you speak first, and I'll come yep. back in. I'm a good host of this show. Clearly, well, I'm yeah, improved. To, to cut in there, I just want to say I kind of agree that the 55 day is too long for someone. Like you almost have to be under the radar for so long of the game, and that's not very interesting to watch. Like, so we've got all the weaker players left now. Because if you're a strong player, you just can't last that long in this format, I feel like. So, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely enjoying the season a lot more than the first season or the third, third. season, whichever way you want to put it. But, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's well, still got I, its issues. But, and before uh, Ben jumps in, I'd like to sort of back up what you're saying, Julian. I, I agree too. I think, unfortunately, and maybe it's the editing and what we're seeing as well, but I agree. Like, I think... You know, you look at someone like AK this season who was straight out of the gates wanting to play. You, you know, it's not. It. I think he even said it in an episode. It's not. Uh, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. But these players that are willing to play early and set their game up are likely to get taken out earlier. And the same thing sort of happened last season. You saw Nick got targeted early. Uh, Craig, uh, Phoebe, uh, Andrew, they might not have been the best players, but they were the ones that we saw in the early days and the early episodes wanting to play. And then all of a sudden they get taken out and you do sort of get to the end where you've got people that aren't necessarily uh, game savvy or very very good at the strategy so much. And uh, it's not it, as it great almost TV. encourages It encourages people to float through as long as possible and then maybe make a couple of moves towards the end and, I guess you have to do that because, like, otherwise you just expose your game too early and that's what happens to Sarah, I reckon. Um, and, yeah, it's just such a long game. It's it's definitely some very interesting points because I, I think one thing I will say with Cable is I, I feel Cable and I have very similar mindset on not only this season but the history of Australian Survivor. I mean, for those who have been listening across this season when I use the Cable argument when it comes to kind of clarifying mm. this as season four as opposed to season two, this is Cable for those who are unfamiliar with that argument. Uh, I mean, Cable is a bit of a purist in terms of, I think, uh, the history of this show and, you know, I've come around a lot uh, when it comes to, you know, the olden days of Australian Survivor, which we'll obviously talk a little bit about maybe in this episode and obviously in the few weeks when we do our uh, rankings episode. But I, I find that... Um, we really are at a point now of this season that I, I think we can't deny this has arguably the most entertaining season of Australian Survivor that we've ever had. But I, I for one, am very much on your mindset there, Cable, about, you know, 55 days to me is too long, multiple episodes, you know, just everything along these lines. Um, and the thing that's kind of interesting is that obviously the fans out there are loving this. I mean, we had a lot of questions to Sue the other day, basically saying that, you know, was this the best couple of weeks ever in Survivor in the last four years? I've got a few listener questions here sort of, you know, saying about how um, this is the best season of Survivor basically in the last 10 seasons and things like that. And I even had a conversation with somebody during the week where they're saying that they kind of feel Australian Survivor has overtaken US Survivor as a better show. And I... I strongly disagree with a lot of those points. I think that, you know, the US Survivor is still the ultimate, you know, point for Survivor. And I think it was described perfectly for me during this season by somebody on Twitter who said that they've got a good show here on Australian Survivor. They're just still trying to work out what to do with it. And you have hits, you have big hits, but you have big misses. 
and I can see why the fans are enjoying this, particularly, say, the US fans, who is something a little bit different to them. But I guess as myself, uh, similar to Cable, and Julian, I, forgive me, I can't remember sort of your background when you first started watching Survivor, but as somebody who's been watching this since day dot, who knows where this show came from and what we've come to today, I still feel that our version has got some good parts about it, but we can't go out and say that this is better than the US one. I mean, it's still got things that you need to iron out to really make this a perfect show. Yeah, totally. Like, it's just, um, it's definite improvement this year. And I think that comes down to the players, to be honest. And I think the week we had, even though, like, there's three episodes, even though three good players went home, like, I do think the editing's a bit sharper and a bit neater. There's still times where it's just, like, drawn out a little bit too long. And I think that's episode length. So I'd like to see that sort of shortened just to every episode to be the same length, maybe just a normal hour episode like the US season. Um, But I don't mind the three episodes a week now, to be honest. I actually think that's moving it along quite nicely. Cable, what's, I mean, your take on... uh, Again, we don't want to sort of rehash this whole debate we've had pretty much on all these episodes so far about multi-episodes. But, I mean, kind of, you know, I mean, you alluded to a little bit there, and as I was saying, you're similar to me, a bit of a purist. I mean, are you kind of coming around on multiple episodes? Because, I mean, as my personal opinion is that I think they have improved when they are good paced episodes, but I still think we do have some episodes where you kind of are thinking like we really could have been, you know, the last two episodes could have been one episode, so to speak. Yeah. Again, it's a hard one to answer because I think, you know, if you had have asked me five years ago before this, you know, Australian rebirth came you know, came back into the fold and you had to said to me, how many nights a week would you like to see the US version? I'd probably say seven nights a week. <laughs> and you think, oh, you just you just crave so much more Survivor and you're like, oh, there's so much we don't see. And rah, rah. But I think this proves to me that you can't have too much Survivor. I think, um, I agree with Julian. I'm, I'm a bit confused also with the, not the multi-nights, but the fact that there's a different length yeah. in the episodes. Like you have a long episode, short episode, long episode. I don't understand that. I just like... Why can't you have it short and sharp, your 42-minute block or your, your, your hour block on a Sunday, Monday night or Tuesday, whatever it has to be, but just have them all the same length, 7.30 to 8.30, uh, yeah, and just try and keep the time. Julian made a point just about the editing. I think they've definitely got better this year, but I still think there's some glaringly bad, and maybe it's because we watch way too much Survivor and we know how episodes are structured and little tip-offs of maybe who's in the gun and all that sort of stuff, but... I feel like some of the editing is still a bit too obvious. Yeah, um, I agree with that. There was a, there was, well, even the going back to when Adet get, got voted out, the, the mystery was gone because they actually showed her vote. Did they that night? So you knew she was a yes. So they showed her <laughs> voting. Yeah, so they showed her vote. So it didn't leave it. You just knew what was going to happen that she was going to be the one blindsided because yeah, they should never have showed her vote to keep the mystery. But anyway. Just little things like that. And, again, maybe that's because we watch it so much and we've watched so much for so so many years. Maybe we, it's just one of those ingrained things. We, we know how to read the edit. Um, but And maybe the, the average Joe Blow, like someone like, say, my sister who's actually watching it this season, she probably wouldn't pick up on that sort of stuff. But yeah. I still think the editing's got 
you know, they've got to get a bit smarter with the editing. I think I sure. think their balancing act that they're doing, though, is that kind of on your point there, Cable, is that they know that a large portion of the viewers of this show are long-time fans of Survivor. And they also know a lot, the other portion are watching this maybe for the first time in 10 years or watching it for the first time ever. So the, the, the interesting thing they would have to do with this, they don't have to do what the US Survivor has... They, US Survivor doesn't have to worry about that. They're established, they've been on air for 17 years, it's whoever watches it, watches it. Whereas this time around, because it's kind of a new thing for Australia in many ways, because it was off air for so long, they've kind of got to balance that, don't they? And, like, I mean, I think the the ads, to me, give away so much and are so dramatic. Oh. And that's why I just do not watch <laughs> the ads. But then it's also a case, like, I know I discussed with Sue that um, three people this week that I thought would win this game all went, you know, bang, 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 out. So I think kind of the interesting thing with the edit that, like, as you're alluding to there, I think they sometimes are doing a good job at sort of portraying a winner as kind of like a, quote, obvious winner, but then they kind of go overboard with it and then you know that they're getting targeted. Like, with Luke this week, that, that with the episode where he went home, halfway through that episode, when they've got that scene on the beach with him and Jericho and they're talking about Final Two, I'm watching that going, oh, my God, that's so obvious. They're Final Two then. They're, they're not changing. That's, like, that's clear as day. Oh, really? But then, as soon as they get to... No, see... You, you, you go, please. Yeah, no, I... I... No, no, no. I read that as, oh, no, Luke's gone tonight. I, I just thought they just built, they talked up too much. And the fact that they were so, not cocky, but they were pretty happy with where they're at and, and you know, building up for the audience. They're awesome final two, potentially. I actually saw that straight away as Luke's and gone. And I can see that. I think, like, I can definitely so, see yeah, that. But yeah. I think kind of how I read it was just in terms of who was getting an edit that episode. And to me, it was kind of turning into almost yeah. like that the the over the top winner and then it, but then the thing that kind of switched that over was when before we went to trial and you had the whole scrambling sequence is that when his name came up and then all of a sudden it went to a switch vote let's take out Ziggy or Luke and kind of Michelle's there weighing up the options at no point did we see anything of Ziggy trying we didn't see anything of Ziggy's I'm like they never just do not show someone completely who's scrambling so it's either you know it's going to be Luke Except, or Michelle. Yeah. So it's kind of like, they're not showing any of Ziggy here, so Luke is going home. And then if you actually, and I said this to Luke in our exit interview, he w- he looks so fucking nervous in that tribal council. And that's the first time I've ever seen Luke just even, you know, just that nervous. He just did not seem himself. So uh, I think kind of from that point, I'm like, okay, Luke is going home now. Wow. Mm. I think it's interesting because there's that last episode with where Luke was booted. I almost thought that editing was quite good based on what they had. Like it was probably pretty obvious that Luke was going to be after the immunity. But, you know, at the start of the episode, there was talk of Tara wanting to get Lockie and then Ziggy was the first name mentioned. Then it was Michelle. Then it was Luke. So you have four targets, which made it a pretty good sort of based on what they had. Um, Yeah, I thought I thought they're doing pretty good job with the editing and. Some people said that the Henry boot was really obvious, but I, I sometimes love the odd boot where they just build it up so he has no idea but the audience have the idea. Like That's the dramatic irony of knowing someone's going to get shafted but they have no idea and it's just so the payoff when they actually see the shock is even better uh, yeah. um, since we knew all along. I think so a lot of people... There's something good about that as well. A lot of people criticised early on when AK had that idol and they criticised him saying, oh, we didn't know he was going to play the idol. I mean, I, I thought that was brilliant editing. I like it when you get a real surprise like that when you don't know if they've got an idol. <laughs> yeah. But like the Henry one was interesting because like, I can see why people would say it was obvious, but the thing that I think they did well, that was one of the rare occasions it was kind of good watching it live on TV when they throw in the commercial break because when they went to the commercial break just before you don't know if he's going to play the idol or not, 
not. Like it's frustrating as a viewer because you yeah. just want to know. But fucking hell, you are you are on the edge of your seat. I got back after that commercial. My heart was pounding. I'm like, what the hell's going to happen? Is he going to play the idol? What's going? And it was like it was to me well, that was the best episode of the season. I don't know what you guys think, but that was probably one of the most exciting. Um, yeah, moves and and I mean I was I make no secret I was not a Henry fan, but um, yeah, like maybe that's why I loved it so much too. But that was that was gold. I'd have to agree. I think it was uh, one of those episodes where I was like I, I I'm not a Henry a huge Henry fan, but I'm not a hater either. And I, I like the way he was playing the game. I love that he's a fan, um, but I I really thought in that scenario the edit was building up that they were going to try and blindside him but at the last second he would play his idol so the fact that he didn't play it and the fact that they were obviously so well at keeping that information in you know and him not you know having the confidence that he was not, not needing to play it was um that that was the payoff i think um moving forward here with this episode i mean we, we all means feel free to add anything on Tess, Sarah and Luke because obviously yep. they're the three that went here but I think mainly we can focus on the six that yep. are left because you know we only have six so we can kind of really go over yep. them individually here and talk about them uh, I mean we can start off with Jericho really uh, I mean he is one of the most interesting players I've ever seen play Survivor he just is such a an interesting guy he's just dropping these one liners left right and centre uh, I've decided never to keep a cat or my car keys near him uh, I mean he just he is he is a kook and a half and he's so interesting to watch and it's going to be so interesting to see what he does moving forward here without Luke I mean Cable what's What's been your take on Jericho? And, I mean, again, kind of when we discuss these players, by all means, let us know. Do you think they can win this game? Uh, I think Jericho can win it. Uh, I just don't – I don't know what his path to the end is. I, I just – I'm not seeing it right now. Um, but I guess it's – it's. I guess it comes down to uh, the other players banding together, whether it's to get out of Lockie or, or, or Michelle or somebody else. But, um, yeah – it's funny because early days too, I always thought he came across as Luke's sidekick and I, I always thought if anyone's going to win out of those two, it'll be Luke. Luke will get to the end and Jericho might be there with him. But just with the cookie staff and all that, I just thought he was the, sort of the funny sidekick and there wasn't that much depth to his gameplay. But definitely since Emerge, he's definitely kicked up a gear. Uh, and, you know, when he – yeah, he, he has been pretty intelligent since Emerge, I think, and we, we've seen a lot more and uh, – Look, I think he's got a good chance to win if he gets to the end, but how he gets there is beyond me. I'm not too sure how he gets there, to be honest. Yes, Jericho. Um, I don't know. He's a, he's a tough one to read because you, you just sort of – sometimes you think he has no idea and then other times he seems to be quite astute, like the fact that he was trying to get Ben and um, – not Ben, sorry, Luke and Sarah back together when that whole fracture happened with the – um, Odette vote and so I don't know like I think he I think he has the right idea next week we saw in the preview that he wants to tell Lockie that um, Tara was trying to target him so it caused a few ruptures I think he has good instincts every now and then but based on who's left I think he can win too what about you Ben? Yeah, it's tricky. I think I agree with everything you guys are saying and, and kind of Cable I think you summed it up very well like what's his path to the end? Um it's just, it's difficult. But, I mean, if he can cause this rift and, you know, Lockie and Tara turn against each other, I mean, we're at six now. Um, and kind of, you, you know, we can kind of go back to maybe some pairs. But all, all you need here is a pair to get another pair. And then, 
then you've got two people who are on the outs. But I think the, the most difficult thing about this moving forward is that there really isn't a solid, solid alliance. All the solid alliances that we had going into this week are kind of gone, aren't they? So it's kind of... Yeah. Things are moving on the fly each week. Um, and I would have put my house on, you know, Lockie and Tara being the only solid pair left in this game. But I think my house would be in trouble right now. So, um, yeah, I think I think the, the ones that are going to... The cream that will rise to the, the top here is who can work their way through to the end with because this is really that point now, isn't it? Where you've got to be thinking, who can I beat at the end? Um, and you know, I guess in us and analyzing these players right now, I think to me it's easier to say who can't win than who can win, um, just because it it is kind of so open right now. So look, I think Jericho could win this game if he's next to Tara at the end. Yeah, I think he can win if he's next to Peter at the end, and and Z- Ziggy as well. But actually, yeah, I want to the bring Ziggy's up. An interesting I can one, see yeah. Jericho. I can see Jericho working with Peter because I remember Peter said to Jericho, we need to look up out for each other just this last week gone. I think it was just the most recent episode. And so, yeah, look, I think I think they can they can look out for each other. I think Jericho's pretty popular. And he's got a guaranteed um, vote. Luke will definitely on, vote for him at the end if he gets to the end. So he's got a guaranteed vote. I think Sarah probably, probably will too. I mean, I'm not – haven't really looked at who's going to vote for who heaps, but um, – there's not anyone majorly strategic left in the game. Like, I I sort of, I don't know what you guys think about this because I think a lot of people see her as being a bit annoying with her, the way she talks, but I actually think Michelle, like, is the best strategic player left. Is that outrageous? Uh, no, I actually agree yeah, with that. Yeah, I well. do too. I, I Look, I, yeah. I've come around to Michelle. Michelle annoyed the absolute shit out of me. I'm not going to deny it. But um, she, I've come around a lot her this week. I think the um, post-Tessa vote, just kind of the way she scrambled. Like, the thing that she's really good at is scrambling. Uh, when, when we saw that, obviously, with the Ben vote, uh, when she was on the bottom. And yep. she's great at talking mm-hmm. her way into situations. So, um, I would agree. I think she's the most strategic left. Uh, I think if you had to pick a favourite right now, to me, she would be the favourite out of these six. But having said that, uh, every single favourite in the last three episodes, I feel, has kind of gone home. So uh, she's probably going home on Monday night. So, yeah. But but I actually think it was a good move for her. Like, I know this is sort of <coughs> Sorry. saying, but some people were saying, oh, she should have stuck with, you know, Jericho, Luke and Sarah, but she was always going to be at the bottom of that, I felt. So I actually think it was a good move for her to flip because now she's got a better chance against the people that are left considering Luke and Sarah out. Definitely. So, Definitely. yeah, people would say it's emotional, but... Like, what is she, the others should have thought a bit better, and I don't think that was. I think Luke even said in his exit interview with you, Ben, that um, not telling her was a bad move. It, so, and that's what yeah. it's, I think that's been the catalyst for where we're at right now is that each of the three who's gone home this week has kind of said that vote sort of with Tessa has, has been the one that's kind of backfired. And it's kind of, for those those people's going to have gone home, but it's definitely worked out the best for Michelle. I mean, I think kind of the cards have fallen very well into her favour in terms of who has gone home. And she can make strong arguments now as to her survival, who she helped take out. And, I mean, against the players yep. that she's got moving forward, I mean, it's it's difficult to me to see anyone in this final six who would beat Michelle in a final two. So that's where I think Michelle... 
as of these six, if you had she's to choose a speaker, yeah, oh, she's a brilliant speaker. She's fantastic. She loves to talk about herself, but that seems to work for her. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. she she's doing so well. And as I said, like I've come around a lot on her this week. I think that she, to me, she's a player that on a rewatch is one of these ones that you like more. Like I've, I, I know you guys are probably the same. There's been plenty of people in US Survivor who you just cannot stand first time you watch it, but then on rewatches you just become fan favorites of theirs. So I, I feel Michelle is definitely a yeah. player who you've got to appreciate more in another viewing. And again, as I said, I, I'm personally starting to really uh, like her all of a sudden. And having said that, yeah. that's probably my jinx on her because that's generally, I mean, we saw that this week with Tessa. Uh, so, yeah. But I, th- I think one of the things about Michelle, um, and this is a byproduct of how the, the season set up with the 26 episodes and 24 players, was we didn't actually get to see a lot of her in the early days either. So, you know, like, it's almost like her stories just started from the merge, pretty much. I mean, there was the, the stuff with the Kent boot, and there was, you know, Michelle versus Kent. But really, there wasn't a lot of Michelle stuff until, mm. you know, later on. So, um, I'm like with you, Ben. Like, I had no interest in her early on. I didn't know enough about her. I didn't watch or uh, listen or read up on any of the pre, pre-game stuff. So, I went in blind. But she just wasn't someone that jumped out at me. But now, like definitely in this uh, last sort of block of episodes, she's she's actually won me over. Yeah, uh, she's definitely one to watch. And I just I just want to point out, as I keep saying, and this is I'm not trying to say anything negative here. I think this is a great thing. I mean, she's the oldest contestant left. She's 33. She does not look 33. She looks amazing for her age. Um, and I I don't know like whether that wisdom compared to you know some of the other players. I mean, you know, Tara's obviously 32, but everybody else is sort of uh in their mid 20s. So she's got a few years on some people there. So um, you know, uh, it's it's not something that hasn't come into play because again, Michelle does not come across as a 33 year old. She comes across as like a 26, 27 year old. So um. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if that's kind of something it's, as well that we, is complained to her favour. It's so funny how your opinion changes, like, in a long season like this. Like, it happens in the US one as well. But, like, my first thing of Michelle was like, oh, she's just useless, like, can't do anything. Then she sort of, the emergence of her came about. She started being like, I was like, oh, she's annoying. Like, she's so indignant and, like, she almost sounds like she's lecturing everyone. <laughs> And now you sort of start to like her. And it's been the like, I hated Lockie for a while. Now I'm kind of like more neutral on him. Like I still don't really like him, but I'm like, uh, he's at least he kind of like doesn't get too, like he seems not as self-righteous as he could be. Like he kind of is like to Pete, oh, you know, we're probably not going to work together, but maybe just for this vote. Like he seems pretty practical sometimes. So I'm like, I can kind of respect that. Too and um, who have I started to hate? Oh, I'm sure there's someone. Um, Tara, 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 and me have had a fraught sort of relationship. Oh, but really? How so? What's going bit... on here? No, hang on. You, you, you've met. You've talked. Like, what's what's the relationship here, Julian? Well, I I wrote a nasty comment about her, and she actually messaged me and called me out on oh, it. Oh, really? Like, she read it, and um, yeah. Wow. So, We're not the only one um, pissing off this car, then, Julian. Uh. <laughs> Look, I'm, I've been. I said to her, I'm like, I'm a pretty, pretty opinionated person. So I'm sorry you had to read that. Um, what did you but say? Anyway, so she was good about it. Look, she, I don't think I should repeat okay, it. Okay, you quite, tell me off air. Uh, I was going to say, does it rhyme with fig? <laughs> yes, that that would be right. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> okay. But it had a it had a pre pre word before that. But look, um, <laughs> she, yeah, like she's like we've said millions of times in terms of Tara, she's the kind of character that is good to be on the show, but 
she can't win. I think we all agree with that, right? Yeah. Look, she is the one to me that can't win, but Sue made some very good points about her on our recap this week. So it's made me rethink it slightly, but I, I would still say if you had to choose one that can't win, it's it's Tara. And the thing is that Tara's name's not coming up. So I think these people know to take her to the end. So I kind of feel that she's almost a lock to be at least in that final tribal, whether it's a two or a three. And um, yeah. yeah, so that's that's kind of another thing too, that no one is targeting her at all. I think, uh, yeah. It, I, I, I was going to say it makes a very boring, sorry, Cable, it makes a very boring yeah. final two if Tara's one of the two because you kind of just know then. But anyway. Yeah. I think, I think what hurts Tara's game too is the fact is she got voted out and in a sort of like outcast twist scenario, she was back in the game. So I don't know if a lot of the jury will want to give her a vote. Uh, purely yeah. for that fact. And this is, I think, yeah. as we mentioned before, it's, it's kind of it's also getting to this point where you can start looking at the jury and think, well, who are they going to vote for out of these people? And, I mean, Tara, like, com- com- commend Tara this week for uh, starting, I don't want to say starting to play the game, that's a bit mean. She has been playing this game more than people, I think, are giving her credit for. But, I mean, like, her move to take Lockie out, I think that was very smart, I think, for her to do that. And... I mean, obviously a lot of people would say, well, it's it's not smart in a way because she's breaking her only true ally and that's going to, you know, cost her a vote. But at the same time, like, every point she made about Lou, uh, Lockie, I think, was absolutely correct. Um, I just think maybe she's left that a little bit too late. But, um, you know, yeah. at least, at least you know, in this day and age of Survivor, when the Survivor resume is such a thing, she can at least put that on her Survivor resume, shall, should she successfully take Lockie out at some stage. Yeah. Can I just ask you on that, right? So she's, let's just say she's woken from from her slumber or she's decided to play under the radar for a while and now she's starting to play at the back end. While it was smart, this whole Lockie thing, I actually thought it was kind of dumb that she brought Ziggy in because Ziggy's also a threat to win challenges and and in the same mould as Lockie. And if she gets the right numbers... And as it turned out, Lockie wins immunity. They have to take somebody out. Why wouldn't you have that opportunity to take Ziggy out? I, I completely agree. And I think the thing that... and uh, You go. You, you finish in. Uh, no, uh, yeah. No, uh, look, uh, and, and look, look, at the end of the day, we don't see everything. Maybe there was other discussions. I, I just like that she was playing, but I just... Uh, my gut feel was, why are you telling Ziggy? Because Ziggy's kind of seems like he's, she's been pretty close with Lockie for a while too now. And it's like... Why tip Ziggy off that you might be going after Lockie and, and burn that bridge? Why don't you just get with Michelle, Jericho, Luke, and whoever was uh, – I'm missing someone. But, Peter. you know, you've got the numbers. You don't, you don't, yeah, you don't need to go to Ziggy. You don't need to tell Ziggy anything because Ziggy is your next target potentially anyway if you're trying to get rid of the threats. They're going to win challenges. Well, then mm-hmm. why why have Ziggy? Why give her lollies? I don't – Personally, I, I heard another podcast. They were supportive of it, and and that's their opinion. But my gut feel, and, and my partner said she said the same thing. Why is she getting Ziggy on board? You don't need to get Ziggy on board. I I think just my opinion of how that's kind of working out is that. And this kind of plays into Ziggy's favour. I can definitely see how Ziggy's fallen out of favour in terms of somebody who's going to be a threat to win this game, but I still think she's got some merits along her game because she's still being very underestimated, especially in her challenge abilities, in purely exactly what you were saying. I mean, like, it's it's, it's as subtle as watching Jonathan LaPaglia, how, like, how much of a boner he's got for Lockie. Everyone still has this massive, you know, oh, Lockie, he's a challenge. Oh, my God. Like, people aren't realising... Big boy. Yeah, like... 
Ziggy, to me, has been more of a challenge beast this overall game than Lockie has the entire game as well. And, like, Ziggy's an Olympic athlete. Ziggy is just so physically strong. And it's, like, this is where it's working into Ziggy's favour that she's having people sort of forgetting that and kind of trying to work with her. And, like, I completely agree with everything you said, Cable. I think this is a real detriment to what Tara's trying to do. Uh, she should have tried to work this out a different way. Um, but it's just, it, this is where I, I still feel, you know, in relation to Ziggy, that Ziggy can still win this game. I know so many people have gone off Ziggy with, you know, playing the idols the way she has, and she's kind of the edits going away from her, and I can see that, but I still think Ziggy's got a strong argument to win this game, should she get to the end. I mean, it's Ziggy and Tara, she's going to win this game. If it's Ziggy Jericho, I think she's yep. going to win this game. Ziggy Peter, she wins this game. It's only maybe against Michelle that she might struggle, and even, look, Lockie is the interesting factor in this, because I can see a 50 50 spread on how his game might go. I can go. see Lockie winning, actually. Which, yeah, I, I can see it, two, but it's, see him it's a very interesting final two of it's him versus Iggy. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I definitely think everything you said there is right, Cable. I, I completely agree. And it's, it's, that's where Tara's kind of her game, like, as I said, I, I, a lot of people accuse her of not playing, and I, know, I saw a lot of comments this week, oh, finally she's going to make a move. It's like, well, she has been involved in moves earlier in this season, and she has been there and thereabouts, but when you're in a strong alliance that kind of has the numbers and you're taking out a play, you're still involved in moves just because you're not the one calling the shots. Without, you know, the side people there to vote out, you're still involved overall in the move, just you're not the one calling it completely. Yeah. So, But to give Tara some credit too, she has been... A lot of the games she has been in that sort of bottom half, so she's kind of had to sort of, I guess, sort of float through to a degree and not ruffle feathers to just to get through. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, you can't always if if you're at the bottom, yeah, you've got to scram, you've got to do stuff. But if you don't have to do too much just to stay alive, then that's the way you've got to play. Yeah, yeah, you can't dictate play. But the thing about Tara is that she really has been so clueless. Um, in so many things and so naive and, and she's always asking, oh, so who, who are we doing or what, what's going on sort of thing, like who are we voting for? So it's hard to get on board with her game based on that. But, yeah, like I agree with what you've said though too. Like when you're in the position that she's in, she sort of have to go with the flow as she's well. She's an amazing character. Like, I mean, I, I still strongly will defend her as a character, which, look, I can see why so many people – dislike her but you need someone like that on a reality show you need the person that people dislike it's like just like you need the luke that everybody loves you know and that's what makes these shows watchable uh and let's be honest if tara goes next we've lost luke and tara i mean this is no disrespect to the the final five i mean jericho's still there but then jericho goes if we've got a final four of pete michelle tara and Lockie, and i'm not being disrespectful to them at all because i i like three of those four um but it's um <laughs> it's still not going to be as entertaining i guess as as it would be i mean i think that's a big problem what we had with last season wasn't it that kind of you got to a point when and again no disrespect to lee Elle, and christy but like the final three was kind of bland so you know it's it's from an entertainment <laughs> I, I standpoint like this just happens yeah yeah i feel like that's um something that's always going to happen in survivor though like getting left with the people that you're not um, pretty lukewarm on, and it's kind of like, oh, Luke, get it? Lukewarm? Um, yeah, <laughs> Good job. Pretty shit. <laughs> uh, Luke's going to message yeah, you now, know. Julian. <laughs> what did you call me? <laughs> uh, 
Sorry, Luke slash Tara. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, it's going to be – I don't know, like, what you guys think of Pete, but I almost want to advocate for him a little bit. I like Pete. I, I'm with you. I'm enough. a bit of a closet Pete fan, and this is my problem, though, is that we're just not seeing him. And, like, when we do, I love him, and I love it when he's involved in these moves. And, like, it's kind of – He's got a bit of tower about him, though, when he gets to, like, tribal council and he's like, oh, who are we doing? What are we doing? I'm voting Luke. You're voting Luke. It's like, play it for Michelle. Play it for Michelle. Like, it's kind of... Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, that like, there's bad. elements there. But again, it not that we're seeing anyway. It's not hurting him. But I just don't see how... Pete, to me, is maybe second behind Tara in terms of, can he win this game? I mean, Pete against Tara probably yeah. can... Pete against Jericho, it's a 50-50 there. Probably Jericho still wins. Pete against anyone else, I don't see him winning this game. But, yeah, I, I'm a Pete fan. I just wish we're seeing more of him. It's hard because I think he can speak quite well every now and then as well at Tribal. Like, he makes some good points. And I think he's got a pretty good understanding of the game and everything like that um, most of the time. But, uh, I don't know. It's a real – There's there can just go so many ways now coming into the – like we've still got five more episodes, so yeah. Just before three, what four more people? Four, four more people to go. Yeah, just before Cable, you jump in on Pete. I just want to say, to me, he's kind of maybe like a, a bit of Troyzan last season in that we don't really see him. He'll get maybe right to the end and then kind of just be the one who's like, oh yeah, you didn't do anything. You're not going to get any respect. But like when you talk to him post game, you'll hear all these things that he was doing, and he'll be like, well look, hey, it's not my fault. I wasn't shown. I was making these moves. They just never showed it because in the grand scheme of things, it didn't affect the outcome. It was more so you know Michelle and Lockie and all these people. So. I think he's definitely one who would be interesting to chat more about his game because, again, I think he's a victim of the edit. I think he's doing things. I think he's playing a strong game. Uh, you know, I just sadly don't think we've got enough on screen for him to, to win this game. Having said that, Christy won last year, so he might cry his eyes out at the final Tribal Council and win. So, who knows? <laughs> well, speaking of Troy Zan, do we, do we know or they confirm whether it's a final two or final three? <sighs> no, I haven't I- seen any anywhere, so I don't know. Okay. I think we had a question yeah, so, about that in terms okay. of the jury that, um, you know, there, there is potential for a tie no matter what, uh, if it's a two or a three. Um, but, look, the thing that you've got to also work out in terms of the mathematics and the numbers and the, the episodes left, if it's a 26-episode season like last season, we've got five episodes left, six players, you factor in that there's probably going to be a non-elimination episode unless episode 26 will be classified as a reunion. So, technically, you've only got 25 episodes of gameplay and then 26 is the reunion. So, um, I look, I don't know if they've officially announced what's happening finale week because, as we discussed with Sue, um, there's no episode on this Sunday due to the NRL Grand Final, so you're only going to have a Monday and Tuesday next week. Neither are double episodes, which then means that Sunday, Monday, Tuesday in the first week of October are your three episodes. But I read or I was told that the finale is on the Monday, October 9, which means then that you would have a double yeah. episode either on the Sunday or the Monday. So, um, I look, I can't confirm that. That's just what I've heard. Um, but I don't know because there is still a chance we might have a non-elimination episode, which would be sucky. I think we had one at final six last year, didn't we? But, um, yeah. Mm. So no, to answer your question, Cable, I don't know if it's a final two or a final yeah. three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I just, I just, I was, I was just wondering, you know, it, you know, with your, uh, interview with Katie a few weeks ago and the, the talk about the original, uh, maybe final three, uh, back in the uh, original Survivor, well, sorry, Australian Survivor season. Uh, and it just got me thinking. I just w- sort of wondered whether they were going to do that this year. Um, 
just to change it up. But, well, uh, you, yeah. if, if it is, so if it's a final three, you'd have a jury of nine. If it's a final two, you've got a jury of ten. Um, so I don't know. I mean, Julian, what would you, would you have any idea there's of what this could only, be? There's, I, I feel like there's a twist coming up because I remember um, reading in a news.com.au article pre-season that um, someone will be excluded from the jury or a jury member will leave right, in dramatic fashion. Right. So I feel like there's a twist. Um, I feel like there's a non-illumination episode coming up because I've just heard rumours about that and I just feel like, yeah, there's going to be another one based on um, the number of episodes and I feel like that will be similar to the Michelle thing in Rong where someone wins a twist to kick someone off the jury. And Neil goes um, home. And that will be, and that will be yeah, Neil, ice cream pants. <laughs> so that will be the tribal oh, council wow. will be involved with someone kicking someone off the jury. Mm. Um, there won't be a normal vote out. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's going to be interesting. But um, I would prefer a final three. I don't normally say that. I'm traditionalist in US Survivor. I like the final two. But based on who's there, I just see someone, like, landsliding it. I think it would be closer if it was a final three. Interesting. Do you have a preference, Cable? Yeah, I, I'm almost exactly the same as Julian. I actually hate Final Three normally. I'm very pro uh, Final Two and have been for a long time. And I probably wrote an article for Survivor Oz many years ago about it, potentially. But, um, yeah, I I actually wouldn't mind a Final Three with the six that are left. I think it would be more interesting as well because uh, we'll put it, put it this way. If we are assuming that Tara is potentially the GOAT, if she gets to, say, the end with, say, a Lockie or even a Ziggy or whoever it is, you, you know, that's just going to be a massacre and it's not good television. So if there was, say, a Michelle, Ziggy and Tara final three scenario or something else like that, I think that's more interesting and more entertaining. Hmm. Well, there's more options there anyway. So. I wonder if they're anyway. going to adopt the US Survivor model with the open forum at Final Tribal. Uh, seems as that was a bit of a success during Game Changers because I think they would film this just after Game Changers finished, so they would have had the ability to to kind of implement that change. But um, I personally was a huge fan of that. I think that worked fantastic in Game Changers. So, um, I mean, that's oh, I don't feel feel like JLP could pull it off in the same way Jeff Probst could though with Jeff Jeff Probst talk show sort of. I mean, JLP, to his credit, has been pretty good. Like, I'm, I'm warming to him. At first, um, this season, I was still a bit like, uh, he seems a bit wooden. He seems a bit sort of like not um, very warm and very bland. But, but now I think he's seeing, you can see him a bit more humour in, in some of his stuff. And can I just say, how fun was that um, challenge where they had to <laughs> act charades. like animals? Oh, and act best challenge yeah. in the history of Survivor. That was fantastic. Seriously, that was amazing. <laughs> like we've never seen that before. Like good on the challenges as well. Like yeah. they've been a few had dropped away. Good. They'd kind of gone into that sort of um, you know norm of standing Pretty still, cool. holding shit for a while. But like, yeah, they definitely. Um, they set the bar high with that one. I, I saw some pretty prominent US Survivor commentators saying that that was one of the best challenges I'd ever seen on Survivor. So um, I loved it. It was it was so much fun. And the reward, oh, my God, chicken nuggets from KFC, I'm down. I want that. <laughs> I Yeah, I actually had KFC yesterday because um, that... When advertising works. That is when advertising works. Oh, trust me. Yes. You know how many how many hungry jacks hunger tamers I bought last year. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> I remember seeing your photos of them all the time, Kelly. Like add another one. 
Yeah. KFC, if you're listening, Hungry Jacks, if you're listening, we love you. Sponsor our show. Uh, but at the same time, if McDonald's ever comes on board as a partner, I'm fucking there every but night. I, I'm a, I'm a Macca's man. I, but uh, yeah. Mate, this is not really game stuff, but I was a bit underwhelmed by the KFC, to be totally honest. Like, they had this huge platter of, obviously, the nuggets and <laughs> and the fruit. popcorn chicken. Popcorn chicken. Well, I thought some of the staples of KFC were the chips. Yeah. Like, you have to have the chips. Absolutely. Freshly um, salted. A lot of people have, but yeah, and a lot of people have the potato and gravy, yep. and that yeah. wasn't there. I, I can understand that's carbs, but then <laughs> coleslaw used to be a big thing for KFC, and it was like a salad, so there was no coleslaw. I'm like, and there was actually no like actual chicken, like. Yeah, like, where were the drumsticks? Where were the fatty, like, fried buckets? I would say just on the... I mean, I completely agree. Uh, And I think they had an overabundance of carrots in the background. I'm like, since when is KFC known for (laughs) carrots? Yes. Um, But, like, I I, I would say it was a logistical issue because I know kind of um, some of the uh, Season 3 people, when they explained the Hungry Jacks, they basically had to make it themselves. It was just kind of put on camera to look that way and they're actually cold. But you got, I, like, my always thing is I'm thinking about that. It's like, where the hell is the nearest KFC to Samoa? Uh, I'm sure there's KFC in Samoa, but in terms <laughs> of where they're filming it. And then, like, they've got it all laid out there. How long have they been waiting for the players to get there? And it's probably all cold and everything. Um, so I, I just think maybe it was a logistical yeah. thing that nuggets and popcorn chicken maybe don't yeah. go off as badly as the other ones. And my biggest thing, too, is, like, have you noticed how they keep calling it soft drink? Like, Pepsi is the uh, official drink of KFC. So, do they not get Pepsi on board, like, to connect with KFC? I thought it would come hand in hand, but they just label it soft drink and there's no labels on the bottles. Yeah, I don't know. I'm guessing they couldn't get the Pepsi contract, contract, and that's probably like LA Ice or something like that. Oh, yeah. Still around? Yeah, still around. <laughs> oh, like 90 cent, 99 cents for two litres down at your local wow. Bloody amazing Good stuff for 99 wow. cents. Can I just point that out? <laughs> I just wanted to say, wow. though, in terms of the food reward, at least it wasn't the pick and mix like the fucking New Zealand Survivor <laughs> or the melted chocolate in a Ziploc bag. At least they, uh, oh, good old New Zealand Survivor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, but I, I agree with you with the logistics, I think, with the KFC. I, I think... Uh, just even the uh, potential to have spoiled food or, yeah. or having it prepared, they probably couldn't have the the full thing. And, and and sending over a few bags of nuggets and popcorn chicken so, and frying that's a lot easier than probably some of their other products. But I just thought it, yeah, it looked a bit lame. And I agree with you, like just the the crates with the these carrots and <laughs> and other bits and pieces just seemed just a bit ridiculous really. you gotta notice the the um i mean i remember the advertising during last season was like hungry jacks galore like you'd have the hunger tamers boxes where's the tie-ins with uh kfc like I'm, I'm seeing enough of lee driving his holden where's lee eating his nuggets like i mean where's the tie-ins for that i mean i want to see a kfc <laughs> hunger tamers box with the survivor logo on it yeah, it's yeah really they are the official sponsor aren't they yeah. this year because i have seen yeah. some but not anywhere near like the hungry jacks last year there's it's, no special meal or anything. Yeah, it's it's almost I don't know, you know, in a way why we really need to talk about it, but it is it is interesting. <laughs> Sales network, we're talking see, about like, you're right. Like well but but you but you like you get to the end of the episode and you see the vote out, you see the votes, and then the two big logos you see, probably sponsored by Holden and KFC. And we've only had the one KFC reward, which was what, last episode, so what, episode twenty. Mm-hmm. So that's taken what, twenty episodes to see KFC. But it, like, I agree with you. There's, if you go to KFC, there's no mention of Survivor. There's no Survivor packaging or 
or anything compared to what Hungry Jacks did. And I just find that a bit weird because if you're putting money into a TV show, you'd sort of expect... It might be... I don't know. I just, it might be I on the Ambergates and Model because I remember when they sponsored Big Brother uh, when it came back on Channel 9. They were one of the big sponsors because they had, you know, KFC rewards constantly on Big Brother, but you wouldn't go to KFC and get your Big Brother box, if you know what I mean. So... Um, maybe it's just not in their advertising model or something along those lines. I don't know. And I think it's. I think mm, like it definitely I, made it, me want to get it, it done. I want KFC right now. If I'm absolutely honest with you, but um, <laughs> yeah. like mm, I think yeah. I think kind of like in terms <laughs> of saying like why. I mean, going back to your your point earlier on cable about this being 55 days and the logistics of it, because you know obviously. Uh, longer episodes, more advertising revenue. You know, I know I know why it's kind of a thing, but like you would feel that in order to also really um, supplement that extra money that they would have a time. I mean, for God's sakes, I, I just wanted to buy a Holden. I was so sick of seeing Lee's face on my TV screen. Um, but, like, it's kind of... I want to see KFC ads. Like, you know, get Phoebe and Craig and, like, bitch, you stole my chicken. Like, you know, like, get Craig saying that to Phoebe. That's a hilarious ad. All Survivor fans <laughs> would have got that. Or, like, Sue going... Bitch, stole my drumstick. Yeah, <laughs> Sue going, like, game on, mole, when somebody, like, steals, like, a nugget from her or something like that. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, there we go. We just sold nuggets for KFC and we're not even in the advertising industry. <laughs> Um, now, before we get to these listings... Oh, I, can I say, the beach cricket thing was a little bit lame, too. That was so token-like. I liked it, we I just know didn't KFC see it. it. I think that was a good idea, well, but we saw nothing of it. thing, Because don't KFC have an advert where they're all playing cricket? Oh, they, they are uh, one of the biggest sponsors of cricket in the summer. Like, you know, you think Lee's ads uh, on uh, Holden's are bad. Just wait till you see all the bloody Big Bash... It's KFC Big Bash League, is it not, still? I was just like, why would they want to exercise and waste more energy when they've just had to do challenges? And like, I was like, I'd just be want to be rolling out on the beach after eating. Well, Cable and I were playing cricket, wouldn't we, Cable? We're we're, we're still going. We're Australian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, look, I I would. uh, It was interesting because it was almost like it was a a really late minute thing. Like, even when they ate, did you notice someone said, I think, like, oh, we better play a game. Mm. We need to get a shot of that on camera. Yeah, the producers yeah, have gone, guys. Like, oh, oh, was... <laughs> Come on, we've got cricket set here. <laughs> Proudly supported by Slazinger or <laughs> Lee Carlsine, like the memorial challenge for Lee. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that was one of the things that they teased this season of like, you know, really implementing Australia's love of sport. And I mean, we've seen what a rugby challenge, a bit of an AFL challenge with the goal kicking and beach cricket um, so <laughs> they've really tied that in well our love of sport being the charades i don't know um now we've got some listener questions and before i get to those though i, I need to get a final two final three from you guys um i mean look you can give me a final two or a final three it's entirely up to you what you want to do i'm going to start with you cable uh who, who's your final tribal council as of right now and give me a winner's pick why not oh i think I think Tara does get to the end. I think she'll get there. Um, and I think either Lockie or Ziggy will win their way through by continually winning. Um, so maybe let's just say final three, Ziggy, Lockie and Tara. And who wins? Um I wouldn't have said this a couple of weeks ago, but I reckon Lockie wins. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Julian. Yeah. Um, if it's the final three, I'd say Tara's a shoe in. Um, 
also likely if it's a final two. But I, I sort of see, um, I sort of see Michelle still potentially winning. I don't know if she can get to the final two or three, but I would put my money on her to win if they were to if they were to be all voting for someone now. Um, I think it's going to be uh, Michelle, Michelle, um, probably Jericho and Tara. And I, I just don't think Jericho, as liked as he is, um, can speak well enough or can convince people that he did enough to play the game. Interesting. Now, I'm going to give my death, Neil, because generally my, um, I think I've, everyone I've said <laughs> has been eliminated the next week. But uh, I'll say a final three of Michelle... Peter and Tara, and I think Michelle shits it in. I think she wins that unanimously. That's. I hope she does. To be honest, like because that that would if someone like Ziggy won. I don't know. I know you guys kind of don't mind I her, love Ziggy. but if someone like Ziggy, uh, I just don't. I don't know. It, I think we need a really. We don't really have a strong winner though. Let's be honest. Among the six that are there, I just. Uh, it's it's one of the the things, isn't it? Like. It would be good if there was someone better. Well, it's going to make it. There. This is where, uh, Kay, we're just a bit of a teasy. Obviously, uh, you and I are going to be doing a, a rankings episode in a few weeks once this is all wrapped up. We're going to rank all 70, I think, 76, yep. 78 Australian Survivor contestants. And I've kind of been doing mine on the fly. When somebody gets eliminated, I'll kind of rank them on where I've got my list. But, um, yeah, looking at these six, I, I, I mean, they're going to have to pull out something magical to maybe crack my overall top three uh i mean it's obviously a little bit easier with the the limited number of australian contestants compared to the u.s ones but um yeah i, I don't know if you've kind of been thinking about how this would play out at all cable uh but um it's it's, it's interesting to think kind of yeah how we rank am, these players yeah it's it look it's um i think again going back to the whole 55 days and 26 episodes it's we do see a lot more of these players sort of potentially compared to obviously uh, the old style of uh, season. So you see a lot more ups and downs. Like, I mean, you look at Tara's edit early days, I think the first episode she was supposed to be likable. I felt she came across likable. Then kind of she was almost the villain for a while and now she's kind of sort of likable again. Yeah. Um, and the same as Ziggy. Ziggy. Ziggy was pumped up so much. and I was so in love with Ziggy. I was well and truly on that Ziggy bandwagon. And then all of a sudden she got to the merge and it was like she was in Jericho's car and she didn't have a seatbelt and the kitty lock on. Like she's just, she's just like I feel bad for it, but it's almost like she's become just like I don't know. It was like she's not a cocky, arrogant player, but it was almost like she was in the mold of Henry and got a bit too confident, and she's just totally lost. All that she just had of, no yeah. reason to play that idol, too. I just can't understand some of her well, thought her, process. Her, her, her idol plays haven't been great, but even just her... I think she's got the social game now, but I think just her moves and, and reading pe- other people and just her decision-making in, in going yeah. with different people has just been so epically bad in since the merge that it's just it's been light and day. She's just like, yeah, absolutely almost a lock to be a winner in that first half and they were pumping her up so much and then it's just totally gone off the rails. So, mm. yeah, even just it's ranking just, someone like that, I, I just it's hard to know, you know, where, so where do you put someone like that? Like, because they played such a strong early game and, again, we go yeah. back to, you know, the 55 days that, you know, that counts for nothing, I guess, if... Um, you have you to, can... in my opinion, you have to weight the post-merge game higher, but... The thing with Ziggy is, like, she just went with Henry and, like, Lockie, like, wanted to make her bed with that. And then 
then she went back against Lockie the, the next week, didn't she? Tried to vote for him um, with that 4-2 split, like 3-2-2-2. Two, 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 two. That was a crazy vote. Um, oh, just, yeah, how can she... How can she justify she knows what's going on? And, like, I just don't see that she has that many people willing to vote for her or respect her game. It's interesting. Sorry, Ziggy. It's It's going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, and I guess uh, despite the fact we lost three big players this week, again, it, it makes it <laughs> more up in the air, I guess. But uh, we'll see how it plays out. Now, we've got some listener questions here to yep. close this out. And uh, just uh, just on our rankings ones, as I said, keep an eye out for that, guys. We'll have that. <laughs> Uh, as Cable slowly... Don't die on me before the rankings episode, please, Cable. I need you in about two weeks. Uh, <laughs> so, Julian, you might have to quickly rewatch season one and season two to catch up on those players. Um, but Look, I, I could do the season one. I couldn't do the celebrity. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, thanks, everyone. Cause, uh, sort of with our roundtable ones, we kind of just put it out last minute for listener questions, and obviously we don't kind of go out of our way to get them like we do for our uh, recaps with the players. But we actually got a few sent in, so I appreciate uh, everyone who sent these in for this uh, roundtable last minute. Um Olga says, Hello, gentlemen. I wanted to say how your country has blessed us with your King Luke and how much I like him. Love from Israel. Oh, here we go. I didn't realise we had an Israeli listener. Hello, Olga. Uh, I haven't watched my series in two years. I didn't realise it was still going. Uh, I've never watched it, sadly, Olga. I need to. I know Rupert was a reward. Was the Israeli one, wasn't it, that he was a reward on? We, oh, was uh, it? Was that- maybe. I think it was the Israeli one. Yeah, I Oh, we can clarify that. And I think us. what didn't didn't one of the Israeli seasons actually start with a hundred people one season? Uh yeah, I'm just Googling. <laughs> we, we, I think our knowledge I, on Israeli I, survivor I, is was, sadly lacking, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I believe one of those seasons I, I think it was Israeli, they started with a hundred people and it was a lot longer in length, but I think there was a lot of people culled very early, like well, you know, say to, thirty surely, or forty, yeah, so wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be yeah. fun to do exit interviews uh, that season. Uh, now, <laughs> Olga says, uh, I enjoyed the Australia show, uh, you three more. My country has 36 episodes. Uh, for me, too long. Wow. Wow. Uh, my three most loved US players are Gretchen from the first one, Vesepia from the fourth, and Debbie from the last one. Oz Network show, will we see these three in your program soon? Vesepia has a loyal following, and you promised on your last show with her not to make it more than two years until your next visit. Bring her back. <laughs> Olga signing off. Um, well, Debbie, obviously, is about to join us uh, for our uh, Triple H uh, recap, which uh, I will say has been slightly delayed. It'll be early next week, but uh, I'll put more details about that up online. Uh, we'd love to get Vesepia, absolutely. Uh, I didn't realise I'd, I'd made that promise. I apologise, Olga. Uh, I'll, I'll reach out to her. Uh, and Gretchen... Um, look, Gretchen doesn't watch Survivor anymore. I, I stayed with her at the end of last year, and it was funny, actually, the night I was there, Survivor was on, and she didn't even have a TV in her home, so she was trying to get a TV up for me to watch it. And I'm like, it's fine, Gretchen, it's fine, like, don't worry, I'll watch it tomorrow. She's like, no, 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 I want you to watch it. I'm like, no, it's fine, like, seriously, don't go out of your way, it's all good, I'll, I'll watch it, like, tomorrow online. Um, so, yeah, Gretchen doesn't actually, uh, sadly, watch the show anymore, but, I mean, I love Gretchen, uh, she's a good friend of mine, so I'd like to get her back on in some context, but... Yeah, well, thanks for your message, Olga. It's good to hear from um, people from other countries that uh, I don't realise actually listen to our show. So thank you very much for that. Um, now, that wasn't really a question, but this is. Uh, Sasha Pewterschmidt. Oh, I love her name. Pewterschmidt. What a name. Um, <laughs> now, Julian and Cable, guess the following players Ben has met in America if they kissed, hugged, or handshaked meeting Ben this year. 
Um, what the hell? Uh, all right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, do I have to actually be honest with these answers? Uh, Trish. Uh, <laughs> what did I do with Trish? Is that Trish Hegarty? Yes, it, yes, it is. Yes. Uh, I reckon you grabbed her tit. <laughs> That's option four, apparently. <laughs> oh, we miss you on the oh, show, Julian. Jeez. <laughs> no, I was actually, I was actually thinking at the start of this episode, would something like that get mentioned by Julian? I thought, nah, he's grown up. He's grown. You didn't meet Julie McGee, did you? I, I know the answer. For that. <laughs> Sadly, no. Uh, <laughs> hey, she's on the market. Her and split. Oh, that's old news, old news. <laughs> yeah, but she's probably back off the market um, since then. I think she kissed me on the cheek. I was... uh, <laughs> I, I, there's nothing more. I did not oh, grab her on the tit to answer Julian's question. <laughs> <laughs> um, fun story. I will say, though, fun story with Trish at Reality Rally last year um, in that the after-after party. So uh, there's an after party where we're hanging out. Then Jimmy T from Nicaragua is like, Ben, come on, we've got more to go. And I'm like, okay. So we end up in some big brother player's room getting drunk and doing other things. I'm not going to go into those details. But um, <laughs> other substances. Jesus. Don't get your mind out of the gutter there. Um, and and Trish was there with a guy who, like, I think she'd met on the golf course that day. Um, so I was, like, drinking alcohol at 3 o'clock in the morning with Trish, Jimmy T, some guy from Naked and Afraid, and these big brother people who were stoned. So, I mean, that was a fun night. Um, so Trish is a hoot. I love Trish. Oh, I've, got to, I've got to get myself to reality. You right? do. That sounds awesome. Absolutely. It's a mm-hmm. hoot and a half. Uh, Sari, did I kiss, hug, or handshake Sari? <laughs> hug. Yeah. Hug. Yeah, look, I won't even... She'd, be, she'd get good hugs, I reckon. I'd love a Sari. The hug. best thing about Sari was that, because like, I was always trying to be polite and civil when I met them, because I don't expect them to know who I am. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm not, like, apparently, according to some people on Reddit, I'm just, that's who I am, but I'm not. So like, I walk up to Sari, and I'm like, oh, hi, Sari, you know, Ben Survivor, I interviewed you a few years ago. She's like, oh, my God! She like puts her arms around me and she's like, Oh, I'm so pleased to meet you. And I'm like, Oh crap, cool. Serena knows who I am, apparently. So uh, maybe I should have led with that. But I was, I was very excited oh, yeah. to meet HB. HB was there. So I'm like, Oh my God, it's HB. <laughs> but I love Serena too. Uh, Brad, <laughs> what did I do with Brad? Culpepper. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, fl- you flipped him the bird and said, Fuck you. <laughs> uh, no, I did not do that. <laughs> Uh, I think I don't think I hugged him. I, I hugged Monica, and Monica gave me a kiss in the cheek. But I shook. I sh- would have shook, shaken his hand. Um, Troyzan. <laughs> Stack him. <laughs> well, hang on a minute. You both said the same time there, and it sounded like Julian said something even worse than what he said before. What did you say, Julian? I am sackwhacked him. <laughs> You got sack whacked in high school a few times. That was like the thing with your mates, wasn't it? Like sack whacked. <laughs> I know what he's doing. Okay, I need to know now. What is sack whacking? Maybe this is a mainland thing we don't get in Tasmania. It's just kind of like where you get the back like of the palm of your hand and flick just flick it. someone in the balls real quickly so it canes. You're like, ah, sack whack. Considering I went to an all-boys high school and I got every day bashed out of me because they thought I was gay, I think they probably thought if I did that, then that just confirmed their suspicions. So, um, yeah. no, sadly, I've never sack-whacked anyone. There's <laughs> nothing enjoyable about it, trust me. 
I'm, I'm learning so much. Um, I hug Troy Zan, so, you know, uh, gladly so. Uh, he's a good hugger. Uh, beautiful hair. Uh, a... but you t- did you tell him to spin and grin or what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you two are going with this. I'm the one who gets into trouble for saying inappropriate things. I'm the car. No, no. <laughs> Jeff Probe started the spin and grin when he had the immunity ne- necklace. Oh. It was the most cheesiest thing I've ever heard. I don't even remember that. Um... Oh, it's innocent, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Julian's yeah. mind went yeah. where I went too. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Sandra, what did I do with Sandra? No, I did not sack whack Sandra. <laughs> um, I'll say kiss, kiss. kiss yeah. Uh, yeah, we made out for an hour. Uh, no, I think um, <laughs> I think there was a kiss on the cheek and a hug. Uh, Ty, what did I do with Ty? Oh God, Julian. Oh, <laughs> you gave him a piggyback. I don't know. <laughs> Um, uh, hugged him. I, I, no, I didn't give him a piggyback. Uh, Billy, I gave Billy a piggyback. <laughs> <laughs> and your back is still sore. <laughs> oh, Billy. We love Billy. Hashtag bring back Billy. Uh, the other ones, I'm just going to go through here. Uh, she says T-Bird, Jeff, Jerry, and Kim. I'm guessing that's, yeah, they're all, we'll see who they are. <laughs> oh, Jerry Manthe. Yeah. Oh, the Queen. I got quite drunk with Jerry Manthe. That was a very good night. Mm. So, so jealous. Mm. Yeah, I'm very jealous of that too. Uh, so to answer the questions, yes. I sack whacked all four of them. So, <laughs> uh, Thanks, Sasha, for that question. I don't know where that went. Um, Layla says, <laughs> oh, God, Julian, Ben and Cable. Is Jericho the one to watch out for the win? He hasn't got any votes all season. He's done sneaky things behind the scenes. In some way, I see a little Sandra in him. I know we talked a little bit about that, but that's an interesting point. A little bit of Sandra. Do we see the Sandra in Jericho? Mm, not that much, no. <laughs> no, I, I can sort of see where you're going with that. I, I think he's definitely one that could. Like we've sort of said he could win. It's how he gets there. But he could be very much that anyone but me in that final six that if everyone's is going for the Lockie and then the Ziggy and, and what have you, that that he might be the one that sort of gets through. Yeah, I can see um, that. And, and he could be the swing vote a couple of times potentially. So from that point point of view, maybe the gameplay, um, he might get. Also, I have a vested interest of um, Linda Ol- Olsen's uh, sweep. He is my pony. So come on. Wow, okay. Yeah, Who's your? Who's your? Yeah. Um, did you guys have pre preseason winners picks? I don't know if I asked you that, Julian, on your first episode, but um... I don't think I did. But I think I remember having a good feeling about Annalise, but I didn't actually go out and say she's my winners. Did pick. you have a winners pick, Cable? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think I did. I'm just trying to rack my brain. It, it might have been. Annalise's. Yeah, mine was Annalise. It was all three of us had Annalise. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to rack my brain. It's clearly someone that's not still in the game. Um, and I'm feeling like I was. You should have just said Michelle to make you sound smart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, <laughs> probably should have, yeah. We'll, we'll edit that in. Uh, Cable oh, said Michelle. Um, you heard that, everyone, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Michelle. No, I, I don't like. I, to be it, to be totally fair, I don't like to lie to people. I I do try and <laughs> look at a little bit of preseason stuff, but I, I admit I looked at nothing uh, 
like I said before, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't seen anything. I'd seen a couple of pictures of the faces, but that, I went in totally blind in that first episode, so I'd be lying if um, I said... Honest Cable. I actually really picked anyone. Honest Cable. Yeah. So, but I did, uh, in that same suite, Julian, I was out very quickly. I had Jackie and mm. Kate. So I was. I had a good really feeling early. about um, Jackie for a little while, but then she got a bad edit and that was it. So, yeah. yeah. Henry screwed her over. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, whoa. Somebody's Who's getting lawn chopped up. up. He's, he's... No, that's tradies, tradies. Oh, oh tradies. okay. Well, you're having a, having a bit of a party, are you? Or uh... like him. Sack whacking him. <laughs> yes, yeah, sack whacking. To <laughs> um, all our, wow, this is a, it's a meditation in the background. All right, Rosie, I'm going to save Grady Survivor to last because we always do. Rosie Clarkson, uh, Rosie Clarkson from the USA. She says, "Oz Network haven't sent in a message since the Des podcast." But I'm having an amazing time watching your Australian season. I'm shattered Luke is gone. I listened to your Luke exit interview today. Please bring him onto the show. I honestly love his accent. We will uh, see what we can do next season. Um, Rosie says, Cable, did you apply for this season of your version? And if you you get on, don't let Ben curse you as your winner's pick. I wouldn't pick Cable to win, let's be honest. Uh, Did you apply to this season, Cable? (laughs) Uh, No, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? didn't. Wow. Wow. No, I didn't. I just, you know, Survivor is one of those things. It's easy to say I'm going to apply every year, but um, I had to really assess uh, what was happening at home, family life, and all that sort of stuff. And just the time wasn't great. Uh, my window opportunity was uh, the first ever season and or last year. So this year just wasn't. It wasn't. Wouldn't have been fair, even if I got. It would have been great to get on, um, but. Um, yeah, it was it was never to be for this year. I know, I actually one of the guys uh, that I went to the Australian Outback with. He uh, he lives in Cairns and he's applied for the show and and got pretty deep um, both times. And he was surprised when I said I wasn't going to apply for this year. And he's like, "I'll be the biggest fan," and blah blah blah. And the more we got talking, he's like, "I'll be disappointed if you don't apply and all that sort of stuff." But it just uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. It's like sometimes you have to, you know prioritize your life and uh yeah it's just yeah. you know what to be honest too like even if you know they came to me and said oh we want you on the show we'll guarantee you a spot it, it would have been very hard for me to actually go this year so um season five yeah, season been, five yeah. cable i'm hoping i'm hoping we're getting a season next year but like it's funny because i what? didn't apply either and I, I was like yeah i'm definitely going to and then you just kind of like get over the idea of the application. I don't know. It's uh, it's bad excuse. I know, but it's weird. Like I I don't know. I, yeah. Did you applied though, right then? Yep, both times. Or not? <laughs> Didn't even get a call. Unless you can say that. Like, uh, <laughs> I feel like Jericho's taken my position of flight attendant now. So. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think Luke took my yeah. position of dickhead, and I can say that again because Luke gladly uh, accepted my version of that during the uh, exit interview this week. But um, yeah. So, <laughs> so what was the rest of the question? So what was the rest of the question? Was there? Uh, oh, she question? basically just added there yeah. that uh, don't let Ben pick um, you as my winner's pick because uh, you would lose. The other, she did add a section on there. It's a question for Debbie, so I'll save that one there. Thanks, Rosie. Yeah. Um, I, I, th- I don't. I, yeah. I look to be honest. I'd love to say I'd win, but I don't think I. I think I'd piss too many people off because I get to a point where I just call people out or I tell people what I really think. So I'd love to watch you, Cam. Um, We'd would all love to see how great, you which would make good, which would make great television, and I would be the villain. But yeah, it's uh, it's just one of those things. I, I just uh, 
Um, oh, look, we could come back. I don't know about your other listener questions, but um, Julian did touch on, uh, you know, season five, and I've got a theory on that too, but we'll come back well, to Well, uh, one thing I'll say, it's my dream uh, not only to get on the show, but I, I would love to see one of our former Oslets or current Oslets, because I guess you guys never got fired or anything, just because I left doesn't mean you guys aren't still technically Oslets. Um, I would love <laughs> we to... We were just like, oh, I guess there's no show anymore. Like, okay. I'd love to see one of you guys on the show, you know, and I, there's, there's a bunch of you that I, I really feel would be a shoe in to be on the show and not just the Australians even the Americans uh, who we've had over the years so um, I, I, I really hope that one day I can see one of you uh, play uh, it's like my little kids That'd going be on the cool. show because I, I honestly think that in all seriousness like the majority of you have a lot better chance than ever I would so um, I, I would definitely love to see you know but, you play. But, but how disappointed would you be if you found out an Oslo made it and then you go oh it's Ross no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Cable, I'll answer that by saying there would be uh, other former Oslets who I'd be a lot more disappointed if, if they made it. So uh, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Um, I'd love to see Rossi play. Rossi actually would be a great player. He'd be a little conniving little bastard. He would be fantastic to watch. Um, so, yeah, don't knock Rossi. He would be great. Um, now, Richard, one thing actually I will say before, we've got two more questions here, but yeah, Cable, I think when we get you on for our... Um, our rankings one we, we need to do something a little bit more too in terms of uh experiencing your stories from when you did go to visit um the the australian outback site because i think that's uh yes very fascinating in terms of what we're there so we'll, we'll plan something a little bit moving forward because we've still got plenty of content we can uh do over over these weeks in terms of australian survivor um richard hello richard richard is a, a listener who suggested an idea for us a few weeks ago about creating an australian survivor hall of fame uh on our multi-podcast episode a few weeks back uh and richard says any update on the hall of fame what do julian and cable think about it um what do you, i mean I'll, I'll let you guys answer that first what do you guys think of an australian survivor hall of fame you I like go that. first julian but there's just not enough seasons yet, really, is there? Like, I kind of think you need uh, almost – I know we've got 24 players per season, well, in the last two, um, but I almost feel like you need a bank of almost 10 seasons to do that. Um, I like the idea, though, but, yeah, you've got to sort of have some distance between when the season um, finishes airing too because obviously you have recency bias if you just sort of, like, do it Straight away now, I don't know. Maybe we could do a small, a small uh, contingent of people, probably like five categories. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure to be honest. I think, I don't know who's even in the American one. Like a few now. I, I, there's a few, but I, I feel like no disrespect to some of the people that actually got in early. I felt like it was a bit of a wank. Like <laughs> I, I felt like there's a bit of, re, re, well, a bit of recency bias, and also I don't know if they were really. Um, it wasn't very historically. Uh, I'm trying to think of my words. I, I think, think I know what you mean. The there are some. The show. Yeah, so, I think I know what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, I, I, I feel like should, with the Hall of Fame, to me, that should be you know a couple of walk up starts from the earlier seasons. Whereas I feel, again, look, I could be totally wrong because I just don't care enough about that stuff to be totally honest. But I felt like when I heard about it and I heard about some of the people who were in it, I felt like it was all. The, the really big game plays of the modern era of the game, not necessarily the early stuff. And I was like, well, that to me doesn't. And, you know, sometimes some of the people were, you know, two, three-time players that did well in their second and third time, not their first. You know what I yeah. mean? It's just, it's like, 
I'm sorry, you know, you have to, if you start something like that, it has to be, you know, Richard Hatch, number one, Colby Donaldson, and a couple of the first that really got the season, got the show noticed when it was huge. And uh, I don't know. I just, yeah, I I'm think not too sure about Just quickly looking here, the, the US one, I'll just quickly go over. So, you I mean, Parvati, yeah. Boss and Rob, yeah. Russell, Richard Hatch, Sandra were sort of initial five that they didn't do a public vote on. They just automatically put them in. But since we've had the vote, I mean. Well, that- yeah. yeah, you had since the vote, you've had Sari, Ozzy, Tom Westman, uh, Amanda, Rob Sestanino, Ethan, uh, Kim Spradlin, Cochran, Fairplay, Jerry Manthe, Coach, Rudy, Tony, Vlachos, Tina, and Rupert. So, like, I mean, there's definite arguments for them, but, like, I'm with you. Like, Colby should be in that. Of course, I'm going to say Brian Heideck should be in that. Um, but, I mean, even, like, Vesepia should be in that on based on so many merits of just what she did as, you know, the first African-American winner and just, like, things like that that people, I think, overlook with some of these old school players that, you know, um, like, yeah, if you're basing it on gameplay, you've got great arguments for people that are in there. But, you know, like, it, it's, it's, it's a tricky one. It is a very tricky one, the criteria. And I, I think kind of... The, the thing, just as an update on that, Richard, I will say quickly, I've reached out to the other guys, the podcast that we had on the show to kind of establish some rules and everything. And I'll be completely honest with you, I haven't heard back from them since. So uh, we're in a bit of stalemate with it. Uh, and I think kind of some criteria that I think would be, because uh, I'm, I'm on the page there with you, Julian, that I feel like it's a great idea, but it's also, it is, you know, we've only had 76 players who have ever played this game. So, um, and the, the thing I think, the rule that I worked out, which would have to be a solid one to really prevent recency bias, and somebody, I think it might have been Richard, did suggest it, is that don't include the most recent season like they do with the US one. They say you can't vote for somebody who's played in the last 12 months. So the first initial vote would be only for the first three seasons. And the problem as well that we would definitely face with any public vote is that nobody out there in the general public would vote for seasons <laughs> one or two. So you're only going to have people voting for seasons three. So this is where you'd need to have an expert panel to kind of weigh up 50% of the vote, similar to what they do in the US one. And even then, I would want to kind of reach out to people who I know would include season one. And I'm not just saying that as somebody who, you know, is getting very biased for season one. But to me, and this is, I'm sure Cable would agree with this, to me, if Rob Dixon did not make that initial class of season of Hall of Fame inductees from Australian Survivor, it would be an absolute joke. That's not an Australian Survivor Hall of Fame if, you know, Rob Dixon mm. is not in that. Because to me... Again, he is he's he should be a solid lock for that based on so many reasons. Maybe you can do a do a Oceania Australian New Zealand. That's, that was another option. That's what I think you would bring in for your second year because again, like I think you'd want to include particularly now that New Zealand Survivor doing another season. So it's I I agree completely, Julian. I and I think kind of that's what I suggested in this email um, that I sent out to the guys is that maybe after the second year we can make it the Australia New Zealand Hall of Fame because you would have that similar thing right now with season one of Australia of New Zealand Survivor would be recency bias. So uh, I think that for sure uh, come second year if we got it established, uh, yeah, for sure I completely agree. Make it Oceania. I mean I don't know if like. Yeah. I don't know, Papua well, New Guinea did a Survivor or something like that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, even with that, we, we look at the AFL Hall of Fame, like, no player, a player has to be retired by his, for a certain amount of years before they can be yeah, inducted. Exactly. So, 
same sort of I think you just apply the same sort of rule yeah roughly to Survivor as so well still a work in project, progress Richard and we, we do hope that something can come from it but again I think in the meantime our rankings but, episode will sort of be on the same same vein in a way uh, and I think that's going to yeah, yeah. open up a few doors because I think the thing that is going to you know the reason why it's Cable and I are doing it is because you know I, I wanted to have more than two but because uh, I think kind of for vetoes and things like that but you know Cable and I are basically the only ones that I know who kind of can still advocate for the early seasons so by all means if we have any Australian Survivor fans out there who can advocate for seasons one and season two and feel that they would be a good voice you know communicate with us and we can definitely see uh, you know if you would be suited to join us but I think that Cable and I uh, you know and not to steal a term from another uh, podcast out there but I would argue Cable you and I can be the Australian Survivor historians when it comes particularly to the first two seasons ah <laughs> yes yes that's true that's very true yeah. um, uh, yes. Richard adds at the end love Sue on the podcast this week brilliant podcast Ben can't wait for Debbie this week thanks Richard now best for last as always it's Granny Survivor we love Granny Survivor um, she's uh, just a she's like the new RB Lidstrom <laughs> or whatever who was <laughs> new Burger Chris Burger or <laughs> just um, go <laughs> Going on there, the new Zachary Chong. All right. Uh, Granny Survivor says, Hello, dears. Love the Sue interview. Such a great podcast and your exit interview with Luke. Such a lovely man. I can't wait to see him on the podcast once again in the future. Now, uh, this is a bit of a fun game, actually. She says, Ben, Cable, and Julian, I'm going to play a game, dears. Not looking at Wikipedia, dears, until it's over. Name the boot placement of the following players on their first play. This is where Colton would be in his element. He loves this game. All right, so we're not allowed to look at Wikipedia, and I will be honest here, Granny Survivor, I read this question last night, but I did not cheat. I did not research this to get a heads up. So, um, yeah, all right. So I'm going to put this out there. Cliff, where did Cliff finish? What position did he finish on Kagayan? Is that Cliff? Oh, Robson. Uh, Who, which make- order? Yeah. He didn't make the well. He didn't make the merge. It was eighteen players. I'm going to say he went out at about thirteenth. So is that your finish? Yes. Yeah, so that would be like what fifth boot, sixth boot. Yeah. Wouldn't it? Um, I say fourth. Oh, fourth. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying fourth, cable. You're saying fifth. What fifth? Yeah. I'll say sixth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I, he's there and thereabouts. I mean, he didn't make the merge, did he? So, um, Fuck. so I, I think I'm wrong. I know. I'm just going to look up Kagayan. Sorry if there's another Kagayan player. Uh, fifth boot. You you got it there, cable. Well done. So one point to Cable. <laughs> we'll quickly. Are we minus one point because no, we're no, all which is we zero. won't be that strict. All right. So uh, next person here. That's a bit strict. Uh, this is on their original season. So Corinne. So that was Gabon. Uh, was she like eighth boot, uh, ninth boot? I'll say ninth. How many players on that season? Eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. No, nah, um, she got. Oh. <laughs> I think she's the tenth. Tenth boot. Going with tenth. Okay. I'm gonna go with twelfth boot. And Cable's got it again. Twelfth. Ding, ding, ding. Ah, you little fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, um, it's so um, funny because I was, I was, it was so funny because before we started doing this, I was listening to Corinne's podcast and I was like, God, I love, God, I love, God, I love her. I, I God, basically I am her. haunted for but life yeah. with Corinne just re-listening to the rankings podcast where fucking Paul put her up every three spots and we would argue over every <laughs> three spots. Um, <laughs> Yasmin, oh God, I don't even remember Yasmin. Uh, that was Samoa, right? Uh, was she Samoa? Oh, I, I think, 
I remember. So no, do we know what season? <laughs> I think it's. I yeah, think Samoa. Samoa. I think Samoa. Oh, I think there's only been one Yasmin, and that's if I'm thinking of. Yep. She was Samoa, South Pacific, or Nicaragua. I'm going with Samoa, and I'm going to say she was fourth boot. I cannot remember her for the life say, of me. I'm going to say third boot. Third boot to me. Um, oh, I would have said third too, because uh, I don't know. I, I will say second boot then. Second, third, fourth. Okay, I'm going to find... Where the fuck is Samoa? There it is. Uh, I hope she's on that season. She is on that season, thank God. Uh, who said fourth boot? Was that you, Julian? No, I'd like to say you so. said third. As you said fourth. I said fourth, did I? I said fourth. Oh, you, yeah. you said oh, I got a point. Oh, cool. All right. Uh, Yasmin Giles, she was the first to go from Galoo. Oh, of course. We love her. She's she's my favorite. Um, uh, Willard. Oh, God. Willard, the idol. Um, he was like, what, fifth out of Palau, wasn't he? Fourth? Fifth. I'll say fifth. All right. Lock one in. Yeah. Uh, fifth. I've locked in fifth. Julian? Um, I think he would last a bit longer than fifth. I'm going to say seventh. I'm just really yeah, guessing. I- I was going to say he lasted longer. I don't think he got on the. Did he get on the jury or not? Just having a mental blank. But he was he was famously he went out in a double boot episode where both tribes had to vote somebody. Only time Carol lost. Yeah. Well, didn't lose yeah. technically, did they? Well, well, yeah. So I'm thinking. So Stephanie came in. How many? Oh shit! Why am I doing this to myself? Eighteen. Do we count? Do we count those two uh, Wander and that as boots uh, as well? I've just looked it, at Palau. Well, they're 19. Uh, if you, they're 19 and 20. I'm not counting them, just... I didn't count. Yeah, because... But they're so not... But they're still technically 19, 20. Well, according to, yeah. according to Wikipedia, no. it says eliminated day two, Jonathan and Wander, and then it says Yolanda first voted out. It doesn't say... Yeah, so we'll, we'll just Wanda. go with the eliminate Jonathan and Wander as not having been voted out. Well, they kind of... Well, yeah, we'll, we'll go with... Not so. You said seventh. I said fifth. Where? What are you? What are you doing here, Cable? I go ninth. Ninth. Uh, half the reason why I also said that we don't include Jonathan and Wanda because I was right. Uh, he was fifth. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> uh, but if you if you classify oh, them, seventh, them then I would have been I'm going right, to give seventh. Julian a point as well, just because if you if you do classify <laughs> them, then he was seventh. So I'll be fair there. Uh, Margaret. Now that's uh, that's Guatemala, is it not? Guatemala. Oh, Julian's all over this. Come on, Julian. I fucking should be. I'm going to say uh, fifth. Fifth. As well. All right, where are you going, Cable? Oh, what did you say? I, I'll wait for you. You can go first. <laughs> um, I'm going to say fourth. I'll go... Ooh, what she... No, she didn't make that long. Th- I'll go with third then. Just... I think... Yeah, well, I think it's fifth though. It's kind of like that Price is Right, isn't yeah. it, where you kind of just go for the one quickly that the other person doesn't. Uh, so, so it's, I say third, you <laughs> fourth, you're fifth. Uh, she was sixth. I was going to go with sixth. <laughs> I was going to go with sixth instead That's of third. A- Damn it, I didn't think she made it that far. I'm going to give that point to Julian though because he got closest. So, um, uh, I feel like I should shouldn't get a point because I should know that. No, but anyway, no, you should you shouldn't you should lose a point. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all tied up, guys. We're all on uh, two 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 here. Uh, we've got th- uh, four more here. We'll quickly go through these. Anthony Robinson from Fiji. I think he was like about seventh out. So I'll say seventh. I would have said the same. I'll say sixth. Okay. I'll say eighth. All right, sixth, seventh, and eighth. Who will get the point if I can actually get this working? I reckon he's. I reckon he was eighth, actually. Uh, okay, hang on. Shit, this is great uh, podcast. He might have been ninth. Oh, are you changing it? Are you uh, there? 
No, no, no. <laughs> Don't worry about it. He was sick. He was apparently sick, so I get the point. So <laughs> I got lucky there. Oh, I said six. Oh, you said six. Oh, you did too. Sorry, I'm just trying to take the credit there. God, I'm an asshole. Uh, you get the point. Uh, <laughs> you're leading. <laughs> this is why people say those nasty things about me online. Uh, Liz, uh, she was Samoa. She was. Um, she wouldn't do the interview with me because she said she doesn't do interviews, which is weird, but good on her. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that's weird. I mean, she doesn't want to do interviews, Ben. She doesn't have to. God, stop being so self-righteous. Uh, I'm going to say she was like uh, ninth out. I think she made it pretty far from memory. No, I'm saying oh, six. No. I'm no. saying six. Um, if it's the Liz I'm thinking of, I thought she was like fourth. Okay. Well, so we've got fourth. What no, she... She went in after Ashley Have Trainer it? and Ashley, yeah. Uh, well, okay. She was sixth anyway, voted out, but eighth eliminated yes. because obviously Russ Swan and Mike Barassi were eliminated. So, hey, uh, okay, well, that's you, isn't it? You get the point. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you and Julian are on three. I'm on two. I'm going to rig this somehow. All right. Uh, we've got Gabriel. Uh, he was like fourth out. He was very early. I'm going to jump in and say fourth straight away. Fifth. What for Marquesas? Yeah. Ah, uh, first from row two, I think too. Um, what, what, did you, what did you say? I said fourth. Julian said fifth. Oh, it's one of those two. Uh, so I can't really win, can I? I'm going to say six. <laughs> then I'll, I'll, I'm, it's one of those. It's four, fourth or fifth. It is one of those bloody two, and fucking Julian got it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I can't win now. It's four three two. Uh, so this is the final one. <laughs> this is a fun game, Granny Survivor. Good job, uh, Monica Padilla. Now I'm guessing that's obviously again. She loves the Samoa contestants here. I should have just kept Samoa up and just glanced in them all. Um, I mean, I can't win this. I'm just going to go out and limb and say she was like tenth out. I think she made it to the merge. So yeah, I'll say tenth. I will say the uh, 12th. Oh, I'll have to split the difference and go 11th. Oh, okay, this is where it comes down to it. Um, what did you say, Cable? 12th. What did you say, Julian? 11th. It's uh, 12th. It's a tie. Uh, Cable gets the yes. point. Uh, I don't have... Actually, look, a good game. as a tiebreaker, I'm just going to make one up here uh, to see who's the sole winner of this lovely little game. Let's go with Stephanie Deal. Mm, don't even know which Stephanie that is. Third. Third. All right. Oh, I think it's Thailand, isn't it? Steph- okay. Um, I would. Yeah. Cable, I think you've got it. Let's put her fourth. She was actually fifth, but Julian was the closest. So, ding, 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 ding. to the post. Well done, Julian. Uh, good game, Granny Survivor. Thanks for that. That was fun. Uh, and to everybody who's sending a list of yeah. questions. So you're so, saying... Yeah. Go ahead, Cable. Lovely. Obs- no, no, no. no I was, I, yeah. You, you, oh, you wanted to... I was too confident. Or? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, guys, this has been a lot of fun. It's been great to get you back on. Uh, we're obviously going to be continuing to do some uh, roundtables moving forward with a couple of weeks to go. But Cable, to you, first of all, we're going to have you on in a couple of weeks, as we said, to do this rankings episode. But it's good to get you back on, uh, chat about Survivor, and uh, appreciate your time here on the Oz Network today. Yeah, no worries. It's uh, exciting to... Uh, and also daunting to potentially rank all these players but i think if people listen to it they'll actually realize there was a season back in 2002 which is nice mm. so um and 2006 survivor just survivor just didn't create itself in 2016 in australia in australia so um yeah it's going to be good to sort of 
go back and really analyse, especially the, yeah, the first two seasons. Completely agree. Completely agree. And Julian, as always, pleasure, mate. Thank you. And uh, by all means, uh, enjoy the rest of your time watching Survivor. And we'll speak to you again, no doubt, on the show in the future. Yes, I would love to be asked back again, please. Thank you. Um, it's been great. Thank you, Ben. And there we go. Another fun round table talking Australian Survivor. And a big thanks to uh, Julian and Cable for a nice uh, nice chat there. And great questions there, too. And Granny Survivor, that was a fun little game. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, as I said, we'll have some more round tables moving forward. We're, we're looking... Given that there's probably only going to be two left, um, we're, we're hoping that it will be Noah next week. We're obviously trying to get Noah back on the show. Um, so fingers crossed he will join us next week uh, to talk about Survivor for the first time in a long time. And kind of as I alluded to in one of our other episodes, a similar thing that we used to do with our Ozcaps at the end of the season, uh, just kind of a general recap after the season all wraps up, uh, alongside obviously our actual contestant recap. And on that episode, we'll do things like uh, rank our top five moments of the season and uh, just go over a few other little random things here and there. So stay tuned for those. And obviously, uh, as I mentioned in our Sue recap, we've got Andrew coming on next week to recap the penultimate week of Australian Survivor next week. Uh, we'll post more about that on the weekend in terms of social media. Exit interviews, of course, too, and our final week. We're hoping it can be Flick or Phoebe, uh, but uh, stay tuned to see who that will be for our finale week, Australian Survivor. Moving forward right now, and US Survivor, of course, you'll be listening to this. You know that US Survivor, the first episode, has aired in the US, and obviously it's airing tonight on Australian TV, 7.30pm on Go, but uh, I will say that our Debbie recap uh, has been postponed slightly. We were hoping to actually record that today or tomorrow, but uh, has been moved uh, ever so slightly. We're actually looking at recording that early next week now, so there will be a delay on the Debbie recap for that very first episode. Do stay tuned to our website and our uh, Facebook and Twitter pages, and we will update you when that is taking place. So any last-minute questions you may have for Debbie that you haven't gotten into us, by all means, please send them in, and we will get them to her. And, of course, our exit interview with the very first eliminated contestant from Survivor Heroes, Healers and Hustlers uh, will also be up and ready to go in less than 24 hours time, doing that one early tomorrow morning Australian time. So if you've got a question for the first eliminated contestant you want to get in, we'll pick one that we will put to them and uh, see how we go with that. Very much looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Thank you for tuning in to the Oz Network as Australian Survivor gets close to the end for another year. My name has been Ben, still is Ben and probably will be Ben tomorrow. This has been the Oz Network, and we'll speak to you next time. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.